Hi, it's Cara Brown, and this is Watercolor Conversations. It's a place where I share my love of watercolor and my seeking, my teaching, my discoveries, the connections I see, and just in general what it's like to be alive at this time here on planet Earth. I hope that this meets a part of you that's longing to be met. Thanks for being here. Hi, it's Cara. I am back for another conversation with you about watercolor, about what it is to be an artist, to be a creator in this medium. And the post that I want to revisit today, I titled Getting Personal. And it's not revealing intimate details of myself in the way that we generally think of what it means to get personal, but it's more how subjective my art is. And I believe art that's compelling, that is revelatory, art that's revelatory of the person who's made it, is personal. So... I wrote this one in the middle of March 2017, and I start out by talking about a picture, a photograph that I took on my phone of a succulent growing in my neighbor Adrian's front planting bed. It was moist with the dew and the light in the early morning catching it on its edges just so perfectly. I posted on Instagram a square picture of it just perfectly composed I mean it was perfectly composed and two different friends who were artists said they wanted to paint from it as their reference image and I thought I would never be interested in painting succulents and so at the time I said sure go ahead and I've since painted it I called it kindred so I had a different relationship with it at this point in time so sometime later, actually the, the morning that I was writing this, I was going up the same street with my dog, who at that time was Bo, and we went by that same succulent in Adrian's yard. And I thought, if Robin or Sue, my artist friends, really painted it, I would want to bring them by Adrian's yard, and I want to show them the specific succulent that they painted because it's not just a succulent it's that succulent it's that specific thing growing here connected to the dirt here on earth and it occurred to me that all of the things that I paint are not anonymous they are things that I know intimately romance languages have two words that both translate in English to to know, two verbs. I, I know them in French, and one of them is savoir, which is what you use for facts, knowledge. When you know something, you use the word savoir. But the other one is connaître. And if you take that word apart, it's C-O-N and then N-A-I-T-R-E, which both translate to like born with in their Latin roots. Even though this isn't the actual etymology of the word, it is to me 
the way that I feel this this version of to know. It is like you're born with the experience of the thing. We would say more, you're familiar with it. Familiar as in like family. So there's an intimacy there. I don't paint from just any old picture, any old image, reference image. I need to have a relationship with what it is that is in this this image. I've painted a few commissions that I don't have that kind of intimacy with, and it's a different experience. It's fine. I can do it, but it's not the kind of work that people know me for. I have painted a rhododendron from one of the people in my Thursday group's yard, and it was a photo that she took Paulette Engler has a beautiful yard and it's this lavender colored rhododendron and I just fell in love with the way the light hit it and and the yummy background behind it and I kept telling her you ought to paint that you ought to paint that and she couldn't see it and couldn't feel it she said you paint it so I did I mean it's a lovely painting and I think it works because I know Paulette and I know that garden but still not quite the same When I was preparing for my first Marin Open Studios in 2007, I put together a scrapbook in an old school sticky page photo album. I included the images I used to make my paintings from along with a little story I wrote about each one. And I have no idea what compelled me to write these first stories, but it has become a thing. And until very recently, I've been compelled to write and post the story. There are a few paintings on my website, recent ones, that I have not gotten around to to writing the story for yet. But for a very long time and for more than 100 paintings, there is a story on my website for, for the painting. So it's now like a test. And it even is still, even if I don't get to write the story right away. If I can't write a story about it, I don't paint it. Another piece to this was added by a newsletter I received from Robert Genn, who was the writer of the Painter's Keys newsletter. And he said that there are two spirits in each painting. That of the subject, for him, he, wrote, he painted a lot of landscapes. So there's the mountains, the person, the plant, nature's spirit, he called it. And then there's the spirit of the artist and the artist's interpretation of the subject. He said we must be present with our subjects, have a feeling about them in order to paint them with impact. This speaks exactly to my experience. I have direct contact with my subjects. I have had when I first captured them. And some kind of spark arose. That paint me, I hear them say. Sometimes it happens when I look at them and then I have to get out my camera, and sometimes it happens when I look at the pictures in my phone, which is my camera now. And then there's my own inclinations that come in. I crop, I accentuate color, I paint in smaller, large scale. I bring it through as a painting in the way that I do. And I think there's a third spirit that Robert Genn didn't identify, and that's of our materials. We also have a relationship with our medium, our paints, brushes, and the surfaces we paint on. I love watercolor paper. My preference is Arches 300-pound cold press. I love 100% beautiful cotton rag paper that has just enough texture and not too much. 
and it takes the paint in a certain way and it is home. I've tried painting on other things and it's just not the same. I love our medium. I love watercolor. It is fluid and transparent. It's textured. Watercolor has me. I've tried fooling around with other kinds of art making tools, pastels and acrylics specifically, and they're just not watercolor. But I've heard of people who love oil paint, the unctuousness of the creaminess of the paint and the way you can continue to work it for a long time. And people who love holding the color making chalk of pastel in their hand, the directness of that. And then there are lots of artists who experiment with with all kinds of different media. But I think it's got to be just fine to be happily devoted to one medium, like I am with watercolor. Regardless of whether we paint in one or multiple media, our materials have an essence that comes into play. After spending a certain amount of time painting, what I'm up to and how I'm up to it has been revealed. And this is how it goes with everyone. I've been leading groups of people long enough and I've had people stay in the groups long enough to see this play out in many other artists' bodies of work as well. I sit solidly in the center of my work. I paint from images I take of colorful growing things, mostly flowers and fruit, where there's some emotional resonance, both in my desire to paint it and as a result in the finished painting. And this emotional resonance is what I talked about in the last episode. It is felt by those who I'm meant to make art for. Though your way might be similar to mine, it won't be exactly the same. My sense is that coming home to who we are as artists is a process. As we are learning, we experiment and try on a variety of subjects and materials. The thing to notice is what sparks your imagination, where your curiosity is, where your motivation to take action is. This is the discipline to adhere to in heeding your desires and your preferences for your subjects and your materials. Over time, we develop a greater capacity for intimacy with these things when we can really see them, when we can come to really know in that familiar with way, our subjects, our colors, our materials. A spiritual teacher who has given me lots of wisdom and guidance, Cynthia Bourgeau, she uses a metaphor of a braid for how three things come together to make a fourth thing in a new dimension. Our paintings are this fourth thing. They are the result of the intertwining of the spirits of our subjects, our materials, and ourselves. When we allow ourselves to touch and be touched, to get very, very personal with our subjects and materials, we make this kind of art. And this art moves and inspires and has its own spirit as it goes into the world. And whether or not we realize it, we are participating in making new life. Here's the thing. Getting personal means we have to sit down and do it. We must paint. Simply being in possession of a bunch of images and art supplies does not make art come to be. Devoting the time is an ongoing struggle that I'm familiar with too and way too familiar these days. 
One way, though, that supports me to sit and paint is by supporting you, by creating the space and the time for you to set aside for yourself to make your art. It keeps me in my, in my groove. So let me know. Let me know, really. Go to my website, lifeinfullcolor.com. Send me an email from my contact page and let me know if there's some way in which you know I can support you. If I'm the one that you're feeling drawn to as someone who can support you to make the art that is in you come out. So you can astonish yourself and others with it. And that's not too grandiose. That is absolutely not. I'm happy you came along with me today. So thank you for listening. Take care until next time. Bye-bye.